Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm going to be in trouble with my brother-in-law to begin with because I was in his house in London without him being there last night and we cracked open your tequila. Ah, good. I'm glad. I don't know that I'm an aficionado, but that is my drink on the rocks with lime. I'm not an Anejo fan normally, but that was absolutely delicious. I'm so glad you liked it. Um, We... (laughs) We ran out at our place. Um, we enjoy it <laughs> quite a bit. That's a, that's a big finish on that tequila. That packed a serious punch. We were very happy to be hit with it. I'm glad to hear it. Hello, I'm Mini Driver, and welcome to Mini Questions. I've always loved Proust's Questionnaire. It was originally an 18th century parlor game meant to reveal an individual's true nature. But with so many questions, there wasn't really an opportunity to expand on anything. So I took the format of Proust's questionnaire and adapted what I think are seven of the most important questions you could ever ask someone. They are, when and where were you happiest? What is the quality you like least about yourself? What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? What question would you most like answered? What person, place or experience has shaped you the most? What would be your last meal? And can you tell me something in your life that has grown out of a personal disaster? The more people we ask, the more we begin to see what makes us similar and what makes us individual. I've gathered a group of really remarkable people who I'm honoured and humbled to have had a chance to engage with. My guest today is Nick Jonas, a legitimate teen idol who has evolved into a producer, creative director, writer and actor, in addition 
to continuing to record as a solo artist. I found him to be very thoughtful and quite reserved, virtually a living antonym for pop star. I was really inspired by his work ethic and how he clearly sees creativity as multifaceted and constantly moving forward. I think it's quite a hard question. Where and when you were happiest? Where and when I was happiest? I've got kind of two answers that are somewhat similar. I think the peace I felt when my now wife and I realized that we should give it a proper go. <laughs> I don't describe it as saying, oh, it was, you know, I swept off my feet, or I don't imagine she was swept off hers at that moment. But there was an immense peace that I felt that carried on and took us into what became my happiest moment, which was our wedding day. And it was sort of a six-month runway from that moment I, I realized. It's so interesting around love as well, the realization that it throws everything else into relief, that when you really love somebody, how sharp that is. I think particularly it must be, I've never been married, but I imagine that really is what kind of lights the pathway towards marrying somebody. And it's the difference between just being into somebody and really knowing I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. You know, it's obviously different for everybody, but for she and I both, there was there was just a, an ease to it that came. And, and not to say we didn't think that it would have its challenging moments as every relationship, whether that's marriage or friendship or family does, but there was, I speak about that peace again, that just sort of settled for each of us. And I think that's probably a good indication. If it feels tumultuous and troubling at the beginning, it's probably not the thing to ride into, but this was quite special. It's interesting that you equate peace with happiness. I mean, happiness, it's so layered. I mean, it's as tricky to pin down as love itself. But for you, like when you think about your life and all of the layers that you've lived at a very young age, do you think that peace is the premium because there's so much noise in your life and there's so much spectacle. I think so. I used to think of happiness tied to uh, achievements and that there would be sort of a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and that I feel like what ends up happening is if you're a person who cares deeply about your work as you clearly do, you sort of just keep chasing more of those achievements as opposed to just finding the happiness and then for me peace came into the picture and actually provided 10 times the happiness that some career achievement or personal achievement could. It's something that my mother and I used to talk about a lot, which is this idea that there's actually no there there. We're set up and conditioned to believe that exactly as you said, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, that there's this place we're supposed to arrive at and then we will get happiness as opposed to letting go of the notion of arrival and being in the quietness, just letting the moment unfold. And it, it takes a bit of practice. It does. This, this year has certainly been good practice and sort of settling into peace in general and quiet. It wasn't something that I was used to, you know, kind of an antsy person by nature. So having to just relax and chill out was a good thing to practice because you can find, you know, a routine that actually ends up benefiting you more than just always chasing the next thing. Totally. Did you write very differently in this period? Do you notice that your state of being informed you creatively? Yeah, well, it was twofold in the sense that the obstacles, the hurdles that, you know, were so unique to this time. So much like we're doing now, uh, writing over Zoom with collaborators, you know, in addition to music, now one of my biggest priorities is writing screenplays and developing film and television projects. And so that took a totally different approach. And in isolation kind of came the ability to actually take some time and let it happen in a, in a more languid way, as opposed to my sort of pattern before, which would be to be as efficient and quick as possible, which isn't always 
the best, obviously. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's the same thing. Of we were forced to stay out of the idea of there being this place we were meant to reach because we didn't know how long this was going to go on for. So being creative without there being a time frame, I found really interesting. And actually, the freedom and the sort of spaciness of it actually created more discipline creatively. I found. I agree. Yeah, I did feel moments of of frustration, you know, when I would complete a task, whether it was a song or writing a script, and the work was done, and it felt like, oh, the reality set in. This may never see the light of day, because of the the state of the world and all that's happening. Right. And so I had sort of my biggest lesson this year in just patience and the ability to be proud of something, knowing that. The runway to it being released may be long, but as long as you're happy with your work and how you applied yourself to the process, it's it's fine. God, you're very grown up. <laughs> I'm literally 150 times your age, but I I feel like I'm only just arriving at those conclusions. It's cool. Like I'm, and I'm sort of slightly bitter, but I'm also stoked. What is the quality that you least like about yourself? The quality I least like about myself. Uh, I have knee-jerk reactions to things sometimes that I think are incredibly uh, stupid. Uh, and in retrospect, it's it's never <laughs> you know anything too intense or you know my my fuse is not short in the sense that I feel that I get angry. But I'll react because as we all do, there's an insecurity that I'm not willing to just sort of own, and it's just it's funny. More and more, I'll sort of visualize myself in the doctor's office and he hits the knee with the rubber mallet and it pops up and that's my literal sort of emotional reaction to certain things. Can you give me an example of a knee-jerk reaction to something that you've either in the moment or later gone back and thought, you know what, that was... Uh, yeah, there, there's there's plenty. I, I guess you'd have to ask my, my wife too. That's probably a good example. <laughs> there's, um, there's always somebody on the other end of a knee-jerk reaction getting, you know, kicked. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, th- I think... What it is, is like in our early days of working, there was a bit of a structure kind of to the things that we were doing because of our partnership with Disney, which is not to say that it was a negative experience. In fact, I really thought it was great training wheels for all that we did, but naturally there's a structure to it. And so, you know, sort of rules and guidelines as the three of us, my brothers and I have gotten older, it can be a bit of a thing where we we sort of react to it. So it's like, oh, you know, it's an early morning tomorrow. We should probably get to bed. It's like, well, I'll be fine. I, I don't need to go to bed now. If I want to, I'll go. <laughs> but I don't have to. So it's, it's idiotic stuff like that. But when you can own it after the fact, I think it's it's all good. Are you quite competitive with your brothers? I mean, in a brotherly way. I don't mean in actually sort of like achievements, but in a sibling way. So it's kind of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold out for the last drink and I'm going to be the last to bed. Does that competition exist within your hierarchy? There, there is a natural competitiveness. My brothers both have kids now, so the bedtime thing is, is they're probably thrilled to get to bed. I, you know, I tend to like to stay up a bit later, <laughs> but we are we are very competitive. We are all big golf fans. Are all of you golfers? We are, and oh. and that's the one arena that gets kind of uh, heated. I love it. That's only because none of us are that good, and and so it's <laughs> it's. Tragic when you care that much, but you actually are terrible at the thing. I'm not even going to ask you your handicap because it's because it doesn't matter. It's all about enjoying the game. It but is. I got yelled at actually on the golf course the other day 
I was holding the dogs. I was wa- waiting for this guy to take a shot, and he was, you know, whacking it, which I believe is the technical term, whacking the ball that away the, from me. The technical term, yeah. <laughs> so I was holding the dogs, and I was keeping quiet. And you know what it's like when someone's watching you, I guess, because he he whacked the ball real bad. It didn't work out, and then he turned around and he yelled at me. <laughs> of course, it's your fault. Yeah. It's- <laughs> I was just like, I'm standing here holding the Labrador. Like, I didn't, it's, I think, and then his friends laughed at him. The best thing about golf is that you can always blame someone else for your bad shots. And, I've realized that. You know, oh, it's because this person talked, or it's because you did that, and there's an easy out there. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room office kids playroom or home gym well you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant musty air for over 20 years the easy breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty damp air for cleaner drier healthier air take charge of your indoor air with your own easy breathe ventilation system you can get it installed or diy kits are available just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. In your life, can you tell me of something that grew out of a personal disaster? Yeah, there. I mean, there's a handful of things, but one in particular was... Uh, a state a flub on stage that was on a televised performance which which ended up being really difficult for me to deal with after the fact it was just it was very embarrassing and it's one of those things where i just had a brain fart <laughs> to describe oh my it God. and and i was playing a guitar solo and and just i couldn't get it, it, it my brain was connecting to my my fingers my hands and and it wasn't the end of the world as as you know as you always are able to sort of process in retrospect and from the 30,000 foot view, it's a blip in the, the bigger sort of life story. I always sort of ask myself the question, would this end up in the screenplay, you know, of my life? And if it's not significant, uh, significant enough that it would, then it's oh, just let it go. But this feels like it would have been something that would have marked a moment where I hopefully grew in that I was 
more understanding of the fact that I am human and I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay and these things happen. That's really nice. I mean, that kindness would be the thing that would grow out of an embarrassing moment for you and particularly being really young with that happening and feeling humiliated like that's it's always good to fall on your face from time to time i couldn't agree with you more i mean i i quite literally do it and i also <laughs> figuratively and i'm very clumsy and fall over a lot i don't think it's a bad thing at all and i think we're also i don't know if you agree but we're often trained to sort of inure ourselves to pain and to looking stupid but it's the best breeding ground for like you said, connecting with your humanity. Completely agree. Yeah. And I often think, you know, like, God, the universe, I didn't need to be humbled. And I was pretty humble before, but you, you show up at the times when uh, you least expect it and just add a little bit to the humility jar. <laughs> it's, it's good to keep filling it up. I couldn't agree with you more. Also, neurologically, when you talked about your brain sort of disconnecting from you, being able to play the guitar, I was in a play in the West End, a David Mamet play, you know, full house. I'd been doing the show for probably three months. And one night I went on stage and it was just me and another actress on stage. And, you know, David Mamet, very quick fire dialogue. And it was like, it was like the screen had just come down yeah. between all cognitive functions. And I couldn't remember what I was supposed to say, frozen in fear, and then just spiraled. And it sounds quite similar to what you experienced. And it was so terrifying and weird. And anyway, whatever, you get through it. But a few weeks later, I was talking to this guy who's, that's his life, is studying the brain. And I said, look, this thing happened. Why did this happen? And he said, oh, it's really, it's actually really common with creative people. And also when you've remembered something and you've re repeatedly done something, it stays in the forefront of our brain and our memory. But there's a point when you've done it so many times that your brain goes, yo, we do this all the time. This needs to be re-downloaded re to a deep storage. And in that moment, literally when it's switching over, that's when we have these moments of complete and utter forgetfulness and disconnection wow, because it's the brain quite literally transferring information. I felt so much better. And I was like, what do I do? And he said, oh, you just go and read the play again. And you tell your brain I'm needing to relearn this. You do whatever you mm. did when you first sat down with it. That's so interesting. It's quite cool, eh? I love that. There's nothing quite like going up on a line on stage, though. It's, it's, it's the most frightening thing in the world. It, it's shockingly. You feel so exposed. Exposed and raw and... I wonder why it's so terrifying. I wonder what we think is actually going to happen. Because like this audience have paid tickets to see us and they're probably all quite nice people. Like it's not the Roman Colosseum. Like they don't want to see us ripped to pieces. For me, yeah, I agree with you. It's less about the audience. It's the, the sort of embarrassment of going up in front of your castmates. And I did How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying on Broadway. And there's this big monologue and it's very fast. And, and if, you, if you miss, if you hit a speed bump, in the middle of it, it's one of those where you, you've lost the whole oh, thing. Oh, God. Yeah. And I hit the speed bump, and I, I kept stumbling. And my castmate was looking at me like I had a brain problem of some kind. And it was so embarrassing, more so than the audience. That's <laughs> interesting. It's peer fear. Let's call it Correct. that. It's peer fear, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? Real or fictionalized? I would say that my parents' relationship is quite inspiring to me and one that I, I've always admired. They met very young and at college and got married pretty quickly without having ever really dated properly. They were just really good friends and it evolved into love 
naturally. And, you know, they're 34 years, I believe, in now. Wow. It's a great relationship and certainly inspiring to me. What are the cornerstones? I mean, because again, remember, this is all field work for me. Like I'm desperate to get answers about everything, which is largely why I wanted to do this podcast. A 34-year-old marriage, like as a kid, as you're watching that, as you grow up, do you notice all the touchstones rather of what it's built on? Yes, I think it's a kind of a combination of passion and love and being in the moment and all these things, but also having a roadmap for success or, or potential success and you know, being able to set sort of certain pillars as a couple and as a family that you can actually lean on and rely on in addition to following your heart and kind of being in the moment, which is something that, uh, you know, in my life I've, I've tried to adopt as well. It's wonderful to be spontaneous and, and really important for the kind of work that, that we do, obviously in a creative field, but uh, also understanding who you are, having that roadmap for success is, is important. And when I say success, I just mean a healthy life and marriage or friendships and relationships. It's tricky like with two creative people, and I've just found that in my life, you can be on the same page spiritually and the decisions about whether you want children and how you would raise them and kind of who you are. But logistically, it can be so difficult to kind of sync that up. Do you think that compromise, I guess, is something that you maybe notice in your parents' relationship or that there's a loving compromise that one finds. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely hear you on the two creative people front. That can be tricky. In my parents' relationship, they were both very creative, but also very supportive of one another and, and found that balance. And my mom and dad will talk about, you know, times. My, my dad was a singer as well. and Oh, was he? He was. He was a pastor and a singer. I knew he was a pastor. I didn't know he was a singer. He's, he's very talented. But he would show up, you know, in the early days of their marriage and have been at the studio till four in the morning. She was with the three of us. We were quite young. And uh, show up with his tapes and she would like lean up against the wall to stay awake to listen to it. But, but the fact that she was willing to get up out of bed and listen to his thing that he was excited about was really meaningful. And in the same way, he would show up for her in ways where she was being creative and needed to feel supported. I've found that, but I also know and have experience in, in different relationships in my past and even friendships and things like that, times where those two creative forces can be really competitive and it's not the best fit. I guess when you say compromise, that's very important and an essential piece, but also that willingness to sort of at any point in time, whether it's three in the morning or two in the afternoon, show up and be supportive of one's passion about something. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. What question which you most like answered? Well, I am currently reading Sapiens, so I'm <gasps> deep into that world. And also, simultaneously, we started watching the first season of Ancient Aliens. So I don't necessarily want to know everything about how it all happened. And when I say that, I mean the Earth and uh, civilization and everything. But I would like to know some of it. <laughs> I would say, just give me a little bit. Which bit? Like, are you like, I would like to know if there was a creative hand in the Big Bang? Because, I mean, even Harari doesn't get to it in Sapiens. Like, I was waiting for there to be, I mean, I don't want to do any spoilers, but like, it's not like you get to the end of it and it's like, this is what's up. I don't want to ruin it for you, but there's no specific answer. Yeah, a conclusion. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, I, I saw it trending that direction. <laughs> so if I had like one thing I'd want to know, I think one of the most fascinating things to me about Homo sapiens is our ability to love one another and how there's a reverse reaction to that, which is violence and understanding why that happens. So like, that's something that I just think is fascinating when that began and when it evolved into what it is today, because I think a lot of the world's problems could be solved if we had some understanding of, of that piece. I would really like to know that as well. I would also really like to know why more people aren't talking about the little green pyramids that were seen off the naval ship. I don't know about this. Oh, you need to, when you get off the phone? You need to go deep. You don't even have to go that deep. It was like on the Today Show. It's everywhere, but they finally released this footage that I guess the Navy have been recording for years. And it's, it's epic. Wow. So I've, we've now in our household, we've been talking a lot about, you know, if there's some bad behavior in our household, it's like, mm, what do you think the aliens would think about that if they were, <laughs> if they were seeing that at the moment? Yeah, they're watching. And I wonder what they think. Like, Do they think that we are just so extraordinarily primitive because of the reasons that you just said, because of our insane violence and our extraordinary capacity to love? Like, Do they feel that vibrationally or are they just looking at our tactical missiles and, and ships and going, boy, that's... That's some behind stuff. Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of both. Do you love space? Because your record is called Spaceman. And I did watch a couple of your videos and they do seem to be connected. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it a little bit. The album and the whole idea came more so from being kind of isolated from the world and feeling disconnected. And, and I wanted to give that a name, sort of a, an era record, a bit of a theme. Didn't necessarily think it's a concept album, but it has fragments of that. I think it's really cool. Thank you. Did you shoot the videos during lockdown as well? We did, yeah. You know, we went out to, for the Spaceman video, went out to this place here in California. It's a couple hours away from LA. It's 
at some point was, was a volcano. So there's volcanic rock all around this site and pretty fascinating place. And then the other one I shot in London for a song called This Is Heaven. I like the fact, you know how you're writing a screenplay in This Is Heaven and you write, his jetpack ignites. And then in the Spaceman video, his jetpack does ignite. Yeah, that was trying to create some, you know, Spaceman universe stuff. By the way, it worked, Nick Jonas, because I saw it and I completely loved it. Well, thank you very much. They're both really beautiful videos. It was like watching a short film and they were lovely. Oh, thank you. It's very cool. I think it's my favorite question, but what would be your last meal? Ooh, my last meal. Mm. I've thought about this quite a bit, so it's a little bit off the wall, but just go with me for a second. Hit me. First course would be a gnocchi pesto with pine nuts. That's just my favorite. You're the first person, by the way, to already split it into courses. Bravo. Carry on. Second course would be a Japanese steak of some kind. Not necessarily like Wagyu, but like a Japanese seared steak with with a, a soy glaze or something really kind of decadent and amazing. And then I would finish it with, and this is abnormal because it should usually come first, but I'd finish it with a piece of pizza, pepperoni pizza. That's like the, the <laughs> final send-off. Wait, I, I, lo- I love that that's the final send-off. So it's literally like the last minute in, you know, the the Rizzler paper breath between life and death potentially. Totally. And for you, it's pepperoni pizza. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, we start as children loving pizza and eating pizza and having no consequences to that and just eat as much of it as you want. And it's great. And then, you know, you start choosing other things as you grow up, but then going back to that as the send-off is what I'd want to do. Just the simplicity of it. I really love that. Is it also because you is from New Jersey? Yes. And like pizza is in your blood. It is. I would argue that there are better, not per capita, (laughs) but there are better pizza shops in New Jersey than there are in New York. But there are also great places in New York. I love it. It's a bold statement, but I think that's what you're supposed to do about your home state. And I have found some good pizza in London too now. Oh, yeah. And by the way, there's like a whole racket going on with pizza ovens that people have now got. I've had better pizza in people's back gardens because of oh, yeah. these crazy thermo imported from Naples ovens than maybe in the stores. When you're back in London, maybe I'll just give you a tip about where you could put one in Ooh. your own back garden. It's good to know. I'm, I'm up for it. Love a good slice of pizza. So wait, just really quickly, because I have to clarify. So no dessert pizza is your dessert. You don't have a sweet tooth at all. I, I do, but I, I want to end it savory. I don't, I got I don't you. need the sweet. You know, you know what? That's um, it's a very bold choice. No one's been there yet, and I'm very much here for it. I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank I you for really, having me. This was great. Yeah, you're very welcome. And I'll see you on the golf course. Indeed, let's do it. You need your mini driver. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Next fourth studio album, Spaceman, was released on March the twelfth. It's an album that evolved out of our global lockdown and it explores themes of distance and dislocation. There is also a mad good sax solo in the second single he released called This Is Heaven. Nick hosts the Billboard Music Awards on May 23rd. Mini Questions is hosted and written by me, Mini Driver. Supervising producer, Aaron Kaufman. Producer, Morgan Lavoie. Research Assistant, Marissa Brown. 
Original music, Sorry Baby, by Mini Driver. Additional music by Aaron Kaufman. Executive produced by me and Mangesh Hatikado. Special thanks to Jim Nicolay, Will Pearson, Addison O'Day, Lisa Castella and Anique Oppenheim at WKPR, Dela Pescador, Kate Driver and Jason Weinberg, and for constantly solicited tech support, Henry Driver. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.